Hello ladies and gents, it's The Best Got Beat, it's season 2, episode 21. My name is Luke Hatfield and as ever, I am joined by the one, the only, Warsaw correspondent at the Express and Star, Mr. Liam Keane. Liam, how are you? I'm alright Luke, how are you? I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm refreshed um, after, after watching some football, some English football. Uh, on TV, admittedly, with no fans there, but I tell you what, it was so good to see it, wasn't it? It was good to have you back. I mean, uh, wave goodbye to the, the Bundesliga and welcome the uh, the Premier League. And, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Bundesliga is dead to me now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no retro <laughs> Bundesliga shirts for you then, no? <laughs> well, I don't know. The, the Premier League is back. No, it was, um, it was good. I mean, I mean, back to same old, aren't we? Talking about <laughs> technology. And I oh. did not expect that something that like, has been absolutely flawless since it came in, goal line technology, is uh, obviously messed up. It's very strange, that wasn't it? I mean, I, I know a lot of people listening to this will have watched the game purely because it's football. I know it's Aston Villa. I happen to be an Aston Villa fan, but I tell you what, I mean, if if if, and they summed this up after the game. They were discussing it on Sky and they were saying look if if that happens once every 9,000 times you'll probably take it considering how reliable it's been before that but my word I mean that was a let off for Villa it I mean <laughs> you know what's going to happen now United Chevy Nile are going to miss out on Europe in some description by a, a two points or a goal mm. Villa are going to stay up by a goal or a point and it's gonna it's gonna come back to bite someone on the uh, the backside. It's uh it's not I don't think it's gonna go away. Something's gonna happen towards the end of the season. There's gonna be all all kinds of legal chat. I reckon it's gonna be entertaining. I mean, I wasn't complaining. Well, no, I, you know, I mean, it was funny because I was I I as I said, the, the system's been so flawless. That I was watching it and. Like my family were going, oh well, I mean that's obviously a goal. And I was like, oh, it must. Be, we need to see a better angle. It must be like a fraction on the line because the technology is so good. It's not. It's not going to be in. Mm. And, then you, and then you see that angle of the, like the side angle, and he's <laughs> Nylon's behind the, the the post. It's like it's so obviously in. Um, oh yeah, it was. It was mad. It was nice. It was good to have it back. It's a shame it wasn't lead two, but it was good yeah. to have it back. I suppose that's a uh, that's a bittersweet thing for people listening to this podcast is that we're talking about Premier League football and Championship football is obviously back and in reality there's, their club's not going to be playing any football anytime soon, is it? I mean, season's been ruled out now basically uh, apart from the playoffs, of course. I mean, no more League Two football. It's a, it's a tough one to take, but you can understand it. It did seem very much like a formality, didn't it? Yes, uh, I mean this has been the this is the first chance we've had to to speak of it because I happen to have a I happen to have the week off. On, on, oh yeah, on, the, on, the most arguably the most pivotal week in in Warsaw season. Yeah. New new Warsaw reporter Liam Keane first season on the job. What does he do? Takes a week off. Well, I was meant to be in Florida. I should be in Florida right now. It was meant to be two weeks, and I only took one week because I'm such a a dedicated. Was a reporter that I only took the I only took the one. It just just so happened to be the one that uh, I should probably have been there for. Um, probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, all of this time of 
I mean, are probably annoying the hell out of the people who are also asking them constantly what the latest update is on meetings. Constantly mm. going back and forth on all of this, what's going to happen, or all the rumours are going to all of this months of what's happening with the league. And then the, when it eventually gets curtailed, I miss it. But I'm making up for it now, I hope. We've got a lot of stuff coming this week. Well, I say this week, it's already Thursday, but this week and next week and, and so forth. I'm teasing a few things, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were expecting it to come, weren't we? I mean, it was the clubs had already sort of made their uh, made their design known that they wanted to they wanted to call time on it. So it was just mm. a case of it was just a case of as I've mentioned before, the getting it into the regulations, which means that it's in basically in the in the law in the, of the governing body that they're not going to get sued following it and it got passed pretty pretty easily mm. and then as soon as it got passed that easily we knew that that, that same day the league two were going to vote on it and that's that's how it happened i think um from what i saw the dale vince the forest green chairman i think he said he was the only they were the only club who voted to carry on mm. i was like i mean i don't want to go too hard in but i mean that is ludicrous that he at that point the they, money involved, clubs, clubs were money clubs involved, already so, struggling. Yeah, it weren't going, it weren't going to happen. But the fact that the clubs had already, the majority had already said, "Look, we're not, we don't even want to carry it on. We're just going, to, we're just waiting for the vote to, to come our way. We're going to say we're not carrying it on." The fact that they clung on to that bit of hope to try and turn it around. I mean, if, I mean, I know clubs have got to have got to have their own interests at heart, but that was, I mean, that was a selfish vote. I mean, fortunately, it counted for nothing. But that was that was selfish. It's easy enough. When you've got uh, millions in the bank to to say, uh, you know, well, let's let's actually just, let's let's finish it, let's carry on. I mean, I I've, I wanted the game to, to to be played and carry on, but it just was not possible. I was mm. like, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. I was like, what are, what are you thinking? Crazy. At, at the same time, they're not getting enough protein, are they? So they're probably not. They're probably <laughs> not. Uh, they're probably not functioning properly. Probably. Um... That was a joke, by the way. Before before this gets clipped up and put but anywhere. Uh, yeah, uh, the right move though you'd imagine. I mean, as we said, financially, just not it's not feasible, is it, for 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 clubs at this level with the with the money and the capital that they're dealing with to fund remain and continue in this season because they desperately need fans back in grounds to be able to 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 play games, don't they? Yeah, I would say that they probably they probably need fans in. They probably need fans to be back before League Two can even come back. Mm. I, I would argue. Um, it'd be interesting to see if there was any way of them getting around that. But as it stands at the moment, that's probably the case. Uh, but you're probably looking at September, aren't you? To be honest, by the time it it comes back. But it's um, yeah, there was there was no other way of doing it. I mean, the the clubs weren't going to be able to afford it, um, and it would have it would just it would have done more harm than good. Uh, as much as I wanted it to carry on, yeah, it was it was never never possible. Mm. I suppose the question is now: what is, is what now for Walsall? I mean, how do they move on from here? Because this isn't like the end of a season ordinarily, because you're still seeing football go on in other parts in terms of you know, as I said, the Premier League, Championship, um, and although it's not got a direct effect on Walsall, you know, it will have an effect on them in terms of you know. When is the transfer window opening? When can they plan and when can they look and plan ahead? And they're still not entirely sure when next season will be starting. So, so where do Walsall go from here? I suppose it's a big question there. <laughs> well, at the moment they're sitting and waiting for 
as you said, the other things around them to sort of fall into place. Um, fortunately, squad-wise, they're in a much healthier position than some other clubs. Mm. Uh, they do still have a, a, a decent, I say decent, quite a, a large number of young players still, but it's still a pretty decent mixture of experience and, and, and youth. So they have they have that sort of in place as it stands. They, they are going to need a few players in, obviously, but they have that as it stands, which is a good sort of starting block mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean you, you're waiting to hear when they can get but basically you're waiting to hear when the season's going to start when they, they know when the season's going to start they can then plan when they're going back into training because they're going to want to have a certain amount of time ahead of it I think Daryl mentioned before sort of six to eight, eight week period ahead of it so they, they can get ready to go in there's not going to be any pre-season camp over in Poland like before that's not happening mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's just a case of they just, they just need to know when it starts, have the time up to it, and then everything else they can plan around that start date. Uh, I think so. At the moment, it's just basically sitting and waiting. There's so much uh, unknown at the moment, um, but they're in a it's, they're in a better place now because they're able to plan without having the uh, lingering concern that the season the, the, current, the season just ended sorry might be coming back or what's happening with that's all done now that's all pushed mm. into the carpet so they can now focus on 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 the future which is which is much easier than having to go back and forth between what's going to happen what might happen blah, blah, blah. so um yeah it's basically just weighing on that it's, it's the best way i think of, of of sort of looking at it and they um they've budgeted till october um which is quite a cautious way of, of doing it which I think is, is smart they have and they're working towards I think I think they said September 12th I think is that what they're working towards is like a date when they're hoping the season will be back that's mm. not anything that's official that's um, that's just their idea of when they're, they're, they're hoping it might be back by and uh, I've been saying it all along I'd say it'd be early to mid September so that seems about right with what I'd say as well so um so yeah, they're working towards goals, and then they're going to have to move the goalposts if uh, if if other things sort of come up. So um, yeah, just got to wait, wait and see. Basically, it's one of those situations where you just got to wait and, and see what happens. Yeah, and I suppose you know you mentioned budget in there, and it's something that a lot of teams will be worrying about. I suppose the big worry now for teams in League One and League Two in particular, and obviously further down the pyramid, is. Uh, are there going to be a full quota of teams for next season? Because there are teams that could really end up struggling through this. And although the season's now called off and a lot of people on the surface might think, right, that's all the worries over and done with. It's not because clubs are still having to function, aren't they? So I suppose the big question is, will, will, will clubs be in a position financially to be able to be a part of the league next season because there's no guarantees of that at the moment is there yeah that's right um i, I would say pro- most likely yes only because of it, you're probably looking at another couple months which i think is still feasible for clubs to be able to get through uh maybe two to three months uh if we're looking at september so um yeah, for warsaw definitely as i said they budgeted so i think they mm. should be fine and, and not have an issue other clubs are obviously in a much worse position but I think realistically and, and things are getting better every week now aren't they we're starting to see the changes in lockdown rules and things like that so things are slowly getting better and we might end up catching up with that 
September start date and it might start moving towards us and it might meet somewhere in the middle and maybe end of August something like that it also depends on the other leagues because I know European um, competitions Champions League Europa League are now being played in, in August so I mean it, it, not necessarily that that makes too much of a difference but I don't know if they're going to want to have an overlap of two seasons basically mm. um, so yeah clubs will find it difficult but I think I think knowing knowing that they've got that say knowing it's difficult because they, they haven't actually been given a date yet but knowing that the likelihood is they can aim towards that they, they've got something they can budget towards and I think um, provided nothing <laughs> catastrophical happens they'll be uh, they'll, they should be alright hmm. and I suppose for Daryl Clark now it's it's very much sitting there and waiting and seeing because he'll want to get to work and obviously you know rebuild the squad for next season because Obviously, there are real, real green shoots of progress, particularly late on this season, where you thought Walsall next year, you know, promotion could be the, the you know, well, well in reach for them. Um, what are you focusing on now, if you're, if you, if you're Mr. Clark? Well, I mean, I had a had a chat with him over the phone yesterday. Um, I had a really good sort of phone interview with him. Um, plenty of stuff. I've teased it a little bit on Twitter to say that there's plenty of stuff coming out. So uh, there's lots of good stuff there that's going to sort of I'm going to feed in over the next week or a week or so so um, mm. you're for him it's initially you're looking at getting back into pre-season so that's what you need to do first and you're going to be lo- you're looking after the team that, and, the, and the players that are already contracted then you start to turn your focus to what budget you're going to have because as far as I'm aware the club are Daryl isn't going to know his budget until they have some more certainties going forward with the season starting and, and things like that. So, and also how long the transfer window is going to be. Um, so you're looking at getting at those certainties first, looking after the players you have, uh, and looking at the positions that you want to improve on. Uh, Daryl hasn't. He actually said, which I'll be putting out at some point, that he he didn't want to give any positions at the moment that he's focusing on. He's got some in the back of his mind. Uh, if I had to think about it myself, you'd think a right winger, um, mm. possibly a midfielder, but he has got a couple of youngsters coming through, like a central midfielder. Um, you'd probably say a full-back, um, probably maybe, perhaps one for either side. Uh, maybe that would be about it, because um, they, they, they have contracted players for pretty much every other position, looking pretty well. So... Um, I think yeah, you've got to. I think he's got to focus on getting himself to the pre-season point first. And speaking to him yesterday, I mean, he, he is really missing it. Unsurprisingly, as as every football man and woman is. Um, mm. So yeah, you've got to focus on getting yourself to that pre-season point then, and, and planning with what the certainties are that you have. Um, but I mean, Lee Pommel has made it very clear that they want to go for promotion. Um, Daryl obviously agrees because Lee said me and Daryl have said Daryl's mm. been a little bit more cautious in, in what he's saying himself um, which is understandable but he they obviously are targeting it they, they're in a good position for it um, but at the same time which is a point Daryl has made to me and I won't give it too much more else away of what I spoke to him about just to save a bit of it but um, he made a good point that the market will be a lot more even um, players will cost less because there's mm. going to be a hell of a lot more players that are going to need clubs, um, and 
potentially with with the ideas being mooted of the um, caps on uh, wages and on uh, squad sizes, there's going to be a lot of players that need clubs and prices are going to come down. And clubs that haven't got a lot of players now, when they get themselves to a place where they're more financially, well, in a better financial state and perhaps they've got more certainties with the league, they might find that they have a bit more money to bring more players in and, and perhaps their squad will get a lot better than it currently looks. So at the moment mm. they're looking in a good place, but I think Warsaw have got to take that momentum forward now into when there are more certainties and don't lose that um, and don't lose the sort of advantage they have at the moment I think yeah definitely right let's uh, get on to some questions shall we Liam let's do it uh, we've got a fair few of them actually we've got a fair few I was a little bit worried at first I only got one or two in the first bit and then they all flooded in so I was quite uh, quite happy with that yeah bring them on People always kind of uh, help you out, don't they, with some questions. Well, I don't think Lee Reynolds has made an appearance today, has he? Must be busy. L- Lee is—he must be busy. I know he's—I know he's a busy man, and uh, we normally see seven or eight questions from him. I'm disappointed this time, Lee, but at the same time, he's kept—he's—he's he's kept us afloat uh, on, <laughs> virtually on his own at some <laughs> on certain <laughs> points this year. So uh, we we can let him have a week off. Yeah, he deserves a week off. Uh, Vital Warsaw, that's the first one. Um, Previous guest on the uh, best got beat by Warsaw. Uh, thoughts on those released? So Liam, fill yes. in those who might not know who have uh, who have been uh, put on that released and retained list. So um, I'll go through sort of the, the retained side of it as well, if if that makes sense. Just get it all yeah. done in one question. So um, with the release side of it first, we have there was only the, uh, the five players: um, Shay Facey, mm-hmm. James Hardy, Gary Liddle. Mitch Candlin and Coy Roberts. So, you look at... I'll leave Facey to the end because he's, he's pretty much the only talking point. James yeah. Hardy barely played this season. Uh, I actually only saw him play once uh, off the bench in the Darlington FA Cup game, I believe. I think it was that That was the only time I saw him play. Um, he got a couple of games at the beginning of the season, and then that was that was about, that was about it really. Uh, no surprise, really, that he's gone. He just there wasn't there wasn't enough there. Obviously, I, I, at the same time, I don't know a whole lot about him because I haven't seen him play. Mm. Um, Gary Liddle, moving on, not surprised. He went out on loan um, in January, and he obviously was getting on a bit of thirty-three. I think he is. Um, Fans didn't like him. His performances were pretty poor, if, if we're being honest. Um, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Mitch Cannon and Corey Roberts. Mitch, um, been out on loan a couple of times, hasn't done a whole lot. Came back in and did okay in the reserves, but struggled really. Um, and I think it, it was probably his time um, to go, go out and find and find some arouse and, and sort of get a, a fresh fresh start somewhere uh, it's yeah. a shame because he's, he's obviously thought of very highly and he was still young but I think if he wasn't going to play it was obviously um, it was obviously the right call uh, Corey he obviously came back from a terrible injury got a couple games under his belt and then he sort of went missing for a while and I asked Daryl about it months ago I think it was in the new year um, and he said he needs to do better in the reserves and he needs yeah. to show me better and he obviously Obviously, didn't happen. So, um, so yeah, all of those, not none of them, really were much of a surprise. Uh, I would say because uh, none of them were playing. Um, the one that was a surprise to me was Shea. Um, mm. Obviously, he was out of contract. That's why he's 
he, he's gone. Or he will be or he will be going rather on June thirtieth. Um and when he was fit <clears throat> excuse me, when he was fit I I was impressed. I thought he was playing well. Um, he obviously had a very stop start because he, he was injured for a bit at the beginning of the season, didn't pl- didn't play when he was fit at times, and then came in and, and his performances started picking up and then picked up another injury and came back again. So um, I think for him it was... I think it was perhaps... He was probably a little bit of a... Um, what's, the, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? My mind's gone black. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> think of the word. Uh, basically, what's happened with all the coronavirus? So I think that's basically what sort of pushed him a little bit out the door. I think financially, uh, yeah. I will give a little snippet, and then I won't give the whole thing away. But speaking to Darrell, he said that it was a, it was a bit of both financial and football decision. It was a bit of both, really. Um, personally, and this is this isn't going off anything I've heard. This is just my personal opinion. I feel that whichever one out of Shea and, and Cameron Norman, the two right backs, whichever one out of them was in contract and out of contract would have been the one they kept and the one they let go. I feel like whichever, if, if it was either way round, I think I feel like they would have let Norman go without a contract and kept Shea. I think it was based really on, on that. Um, that's just my own opinion really on it. So, uh, mm. yeah, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, a shame as well because I spoke to him sort of begin, near the beginning of lockdown. We were quite soon after working from home and did like a quite a big feature with him. And he said to me that he was... He felt at home. He was enjoying his football. He obviously wanted to stay. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it's a shame for him. But I think I think he'll find a club relatively quickly. Um, mm. I'll try not to take too long on this. I mean, obviously, all the players that are, that are under contract all very good uh, to keep hold of. Uh, all the loans have gone back. Uh, out of contract players offered another deal is Danny Guthrie. Which I'm not surprised, despite obviously he's 32, 33, whatever he is. Um, I think he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Callum Cockle Mollet, which is good to see, because when he before he, was, he got injured, I thought he was doing well. Uh, and Tom Leak. Oh, I don't know if you heard that. I just dropped something on my laptop. <laughs> just throwing pens uh, everywhere. Aren't we? <laughs> and Tom Leak, a young centre back who's um, been out on loan to Salisbury, done well. Um, and he's joined uh, Sam Perry and Joe Willis in being offered deals. So really good news for them three. They'll be in and around the first team next season getting opportunities um, not playing regularly I imagine but getting opportunities uh, and then exercise options so options already in the contract for the, these are normally just for another year but as typical with Daryl Clark he hasn't he doesn't say whether it's another year or not uh, same mm. with the players that have been offered a contract but when it's exercise options it normally means one year but again it could it could be more um, that's Alfie Bates, Adebayo, and Matt Sadler. Sadler, who moves into a player coach role. So, mm. I think I, per, I think to be honest, I agree with all the decisions, apart from Shea. But if it was a financial part of it was a financial decision as well as a football decision, I think it is understandable. So, um, yeah, not a whole, not really that many shocks. Just the the Shea one, really. Uh, but with Matt Sadler moving into player coach role, he takes over the, the gap left by Marcus Stewart and, and a story that's gone out today, Darrell's saying that there's not going to be any more changes now. Brian Dutton is his assistant. Matt Sadler moves into player-coach role and he's obviously got Mike Taylor, he's got um, Mark Bradley, he's got Mark uh, Jusman as the physio, so he's got hmm. uh, all his team sorted now. So, um, so yeah, um, yeah, I think Shea was the only surprise, I would say. Good move for Sads that as well, you know, taking that step into coaching because He's an experienced player, obviously. You know, he's 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 been around. He knows, you know, particularly League One, League Two football. Um, 
and you feel like his experience would kind of lend itself to coaching, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it's the right time for him. I mean, when he was at Shrewsbury, um, there was talks about him getting opportunities as a coach, and and obviously he ended up leaving them and and coming back to Warsaw. So, um, and it's actually the other day when he did his um, interview with Tom at the club, he said, "I've felt ready for a couple of seasons now." Uh, he felt ready to move into this, so he's now got the opportunity. It was obviously circumstantial because he, if Marcus Stewart had stayed, he might not have had that opportunity. So mm. it, it arose for him. It was, it was lucky in in some senses for him, but I think it's a, I think it's a good move. He's um, he's the oldest player at the club. He's thirty five, so I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, so so yeah, I think it was. I think it's a, a very good move, and it's um, a bridge between the players and the and, and the coaching staff. I mean, hopefully. He still gets games because that's what he said he wants. He still wants to play. Um, mm. That's what he's there for still as well. So, um, so yeah, good move and uh, a, a good for Brian Dutton I think as well to be to be the sole assistant manager now. He's got that role solely to himself because he was um, he was obviously doing it alongside Marcus Stewart. So uh, yeah, Brian's got a lot. Uh, Brian's a really nice bloke as well. He's, we've done a couple of interviews with him. He's a very good talker. Um, I've been impressed by him as well. Uh, and actually, on that with Matt Sadler. Um, it's funny we, in the post-match interviews we had with him a handful of times this season myself and, and Tom Marlowe at BBC WM always say to him afterwards we say you, you speak like a manager he speaks mm. already like a manager he's got that um, I think it's that maturity that he, that he sort of speaks with and I think that's it's a, it's a good trait to have so I think he'll, I think he'll do a good job and um, Daryl has had the um, the assistants do the occasional interview in the EFL Trophy this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Darrell at times has made no secret of his um, lack of enthusiasm for, the, for media interviews at times. Um, so with the EFL Trophy not being the most high-profile thing in the world, um, Mark, both Marcus and Brian have done it at, at, at times this season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, to see Matt doing a couple of those from a coaching point of view rather than a playing point of view um, next season as well. So... So yeah, yeah, very very good move for him. Certainly is. Uh, speaking of Tom Marlowe, he submitted some questions. Yes, um, I like his questions. Very good. Yeah, one sensible, one silly. We'll start with the silly one. Uh, he says, "I went to Sutton Park last weekend, and a cow uh, made this noise at me." <laughs> <laughs> Would you really want to take it on? It's a beast of a cow, isn't it? It's a, well, I, I, mean, I suppose all cows are big, aren't they? But. There's a video of this cow. Yeah, it is a big-looking cow. Okay, I don't want to get. I've, st- I've I've I always stood by the fact that you could not take on a cow. But a cow is easier to take on than a wolf. We're not asking that question. We're asking, would you really want to take on this cow? I'd rather take on the cow than a wolf. Solo, I'm still taking the wolf. I'll be I'll be. Uh, I think I'll just get into like a rear naked choke. You could not choke a cow, Liam. <laughs> it's impossible. But that's not impossible. You couldn't do it. Have you seen the size of their necks? Yeah, they are big. Have you seen the size of my biceps? <laughs> it's still not bigger than a cow's neck. Um, anyway, sensible By the way, we, we were not allowed to either. We don't want to get animal rights activists. <laughs> we don't condone any violence no. toward animals whatsoever. Um, Have you ever felt a, a cow's tongue? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you you say it, you sound like you've you've felt it for experience. And uh, no, I have um, one side of it. I think it's one side of it. I don't think it's the whole of it, but it's like really rough. It's like sandpaper, like but, a cat's tongue. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't have a cat. <laughs> uh, uh, 
I if think a cat ever like comes up and like licks you, like the top of its tongue is like super rough. I think yeah, it's like that. Yeah, and they're massive. The tongues as well. It's huge. <laughs> I, I did like a documentary before when I was at uni, and I went into like a farm and walked around with this these all these cows at a dairy farm, and yeah, they they're, they're quite friendly. They just come up to you and they were licking me and everything, and uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen my only close encounter with this cow was detailed on this podcast several months ago, and uh, they chased me so. Just, just jump on the back and run naked choke it, it'd be fine. Oh yeah, so easy to do that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tom's sensible question. Uh, where would you fancy visiting next year from the National League playoff contenders? Harrogate, Notts County, Yeovil, Borehamwood, Halifax and Barnet. Yeah, well, I actually, because uh, I saw his question ahead of Tom, I did, just so I didn't embarrass myself, uh, even though I'm giving it away now anyway, just so I didn't embarrass myself with um, not knowing where all of those places were geographically. I I did go and Google each one. Um, I was aware of some of them, to be fair. But um, for me, I think it has... Because none of the locations are particularly amazing. Mm. Um, well, Yeovil's a right trek. Yeovil's a right trek down in Somerset. Harrogate's Yorkshire, isn't it? Halifax is up near, up near Leeds, I think. So those three, I wouldn't want to be honest. Um, Boreham Wood and Barnet are both both next to each other, like North London. I don't think they actually count as London. I think they're in mm. Herefordshire or something like that. I don't know. Um, well, I'd go with Notts County. I think it's got to be. It's a ground I've not been to. I've not been to any of them grounds to be fair. But Notts County, a decent sized club. I think I think that'd be a great one. I'd yeah, definitely be up for Notts County. I'd say Notts County. I'd say Notts County. I'd take Barnet as well, though. To be fair. Yeah. Nick Etheridge, uh, as league positions have now been confirmed, will teams be getting a payout as usual based on what place in the league they've finished? Yeah, I, I'm not, I've not had it confirmed anywhere. It's not something. It's actually not something I thought of. But I would expect the answer yes because the whole reason of going through the the regulation changes was that in the event that a season has to be curtailed early this is what's going to happen. So uh, as far as I'm aware, if, if this ever happens again in the future, <laughs> hopefully not, then that's the same process they'll take where they'll vote on whether to uh, to curtail the season because they, because the regulations are already now in place. That's, as far as I'm aware, that's how they'll do it in, in future. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that should be right. So they've now also finished 12th rather than 14th uh, based on points per game uh, and they'll obviously benefit from that based on on the the rewards you get for where you finish, um, so uh, so yeah, as far as I'm aware, that's 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 right, yeah. Hmm. Uh, next one comes from Ian. Who do you fancy in the League Two playoffs, and is there a side you prefer to be promoted so we don't have to play or visit them again next term? Interesting. So yeah, they're tonight, aren't they? Uh, we've got Colchester, yep. Exeter, and then Northampton, Cheltenham. Yep. Hmm. So. I'd like Exeter to go up. Exeter's a long old way. It is, but then Colchester is ridiculously far. Colchester is far. I mean, you, well, you you did the Colchester one, didn't you? Yeah, and it was a terrible game. That was uh, Joe Massey's final final uh, Warsaw game. Uh, nil nil, wasn't it? <laughs> away at Colchester, was it like three nil, and a half nil. hours to get there. And imagine watching, for everyone who watched Villa Sheffield United yesterday and saw that it was a nil-nil bit, it was, it was somewhat entertaining. There were talking points. Colchester nil, Walsall nil. There were no talking points. None. Nada. Zip zero. It, sound, it sounds like uh, Newport away this season. 
<laughs> that it's was literally exactly I could have same. I could have spent a more entertaining ninety minutes sitting in an empty dark room. I'm sure you're good looking, looking out of looking out of a window, <laughs> looking out of a window. Yeah, yeah. Add that. You got to caveat that. Caveat that. Yeah, that yeah, in, yeah. Just in case. Yeah, not just, not just sat there. Just in your yeah. special place on your own in a dark room. Anything can happen. You're disgusting. You are. <laughs> I'm genuinely more entertainment. I was more entertained the other day. There were thunderstorms, and I was just looking out my window at the thunderstorm. Yeah, it doesn't sound like. I mean, so it was grim. Of these four teams, I have actually only been away to two of them this season. Northampton away was the first game of the season, which Joe Massey was still there for, and then as, as I just said, obviously Colchester away was his last game. Extra away, I did in I think it's, I don't know how I remember this. It was twenty first of December. I know the exact date and everything. Um, Cheltenham away, I actually forget when it was, but I definitely did it. The problem is Colchester and Exeter are. I mean, obviously, only one of them out. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Actually. Only one can go up anyway. <laughs> I was going to mm. say. I was going to say it's a shame they weren't playing each other. Like they were playing each other rather, but it doesn't make a difference. Um, I yeah, I would probably. I would say either Colchester or Exeter. I mean, Exeter were. I don't know. Exeter were quite an entertaining side. I mean, but then whether they were a better side or not to have. Because Walsall put six goals past them this season in both leagues. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, Colchester or Exeter, either or. I mean, Northampton and Charlotte, they're not, they're not that far to get to, so I'm not bothered about that. But just just one of them two, please. Interesting story regarding Exeter. When I was in school, um, we went on like a university open day to the University of Exeter. Very nice. Uh, we stopped over. It was like a residential thing. Uh, I came back with knits. <laughs> because That's grim. clearly the halls of residence are not very clean at University of Exeter. Oh. Uh, yeah, got nits from the University of Exeter. So either Colchester or Exeter, purely for selfish reasons. That is gross. Well, I mean, I, I can't remember what it was like at Cheltenham. Um, I, can't, I can't remember much about Cheltenham away, to be honest. Um, but extra away, it... There wasn't really a whole lot of facilities for uh, for myself. <laughs> it was go sit straight in the stand, whatever time you get there, and we'll give you a voucher for a pie and a drink. But then, which is fair enough; they don't have to give them that. But yeah, it was a bit yeah, it was a bit, it was a little bit naff. The stadium. Yeah. So I do. I'm I'm, I'm I just googled a picture of Channel. I, I remember Channel now. Channel was actually. A decent ground, it was all right, uh, but there were, again, there wasn't a whole lot of facilities for for me, and it's all about me. So, um, yeah, I still stick with the other Colchester Exeter, really. Mm. Uh, two of the same question, really, from uh, Jack Clark and Holly. Are there any transfer rumours about? I'll tell you what, people are desperate for transfer rumours. I'm desperate. I. Uh, well, whether there's a rumour or not, I don't know. You can go and start a rumour if you like. It doesn't mean it's true. Um, whether there's any news or not, it, no. <laughs> there's no news. Um, there's been plenty of... I mean, there's trialists always going in and out. I mean, Greg Halford is a player who came out and said he was a trialist there for a bit. Whether whether he'll be back or not, we don't know. Um, so... I mean, speaking to Darryl, it's basically the... 
again, I'm trying not to give too much away. It's basically that. Good luck getting transfer room without Daryl Clark. Well, that's true, yeah. But um, basically, they're they're just waiting. They they can't. They, he doesn't even know what his budget is yet because they don't know when the season's starting. So they're they're waiting. I mean, I'm sure he's always in contact with players because obviously in the football world, I'm sure he's in contact. But basically, just waiting to see what happens first. They need some more. Com- they need more confirmation of the future before they can actually decide. How many players? What positions they need, etc., etc. So yeah, it's not going to be anything for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, ben asks, "How do you think Daryl Clark is planning for the return of, in terms of tactics and transfers?" We kind of discussed that one already. Uh, Andy Wright, with a smaller capped squad next season, and Daryl Clark already having said there won't be many in. Which positions need bolstering, and when do you see next season starting? For me, next season. You look in September, October time. I really do hope it's with fans, though. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm delighted to have football back. It's great to see it. It seems to be safe. The testing is, you know, is is clearly working. I think. Um, but I'd love to see fans back. It's not quite the same experience without no. watching the games yesterday. I had to do it without that stupid fan noise that they kind of stick over it. I mean, I thought I'd be all for that, but. I wasn't. I actually quite like the fact that I could hear the players shouting and discussing things, and even little things when they did the coin toss at the start of the game. You could hear Michael Oliver asking Jack Grealish, "Do you want to? Do you want to stay where you are? Do you want to turn around?" And Jack seemed a little bit bemused by it. <laughs> and he's like, "I think we'll just stay here, mate." Well, I quite like um, the crowd noise that they put on. I wasn't a fan. I think it's all right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I don't think October is. Probably a bit far away. I think I think it will be September. I think it will. I think we'll League Two will come back. Um, Do you reckon the cup competitions will still go ahead? I wouldn't be surprised if they drop one, possibly. Um, Ditch the League Cup, maybe. Or perhaps even in League One and Two situation, they might drop two. It might be the League Cup and the EFL Trophy. Oh, the EFL Trophy. Uh, because if they're going to drop the League Cup for everyone, I'd be surprised if they keep the EFL Trophy for clubs lower down. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't mind it either. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> Let's just say it's not the most much-loved much competition. It's crap, isn't it? Um, I, um, I think it will be September, I think, personally. Uh, Positions-wise, yeah, I sort of said this. I think they need a right winger. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they're going to change tactics and formation, but I don't... I don't know if that's going to happen. I think Daryl's going to stick with the sort of four. He he started off with the three, the three slash five at the back didn't didn't really work. I think he's going to go ahead with like a four two three one, four four two either either or really a, 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 some sort of uh, version of that. Um, I think you you need a right winger. Mm-hmm. At the moment, Jack Nolan's the only one on the books who can do that. You have got Josh Gordon who can move over there, but he's much better through the middle. Um, Strikers wise, they're going to be fine. They've got Gordon, they've got Lavery, they've got Adebayo, and they've got Luke Pierce, who's coming through the academy. Uh, 15. I don't know when his birthday is, so he might have been 16 now, but he's a young lad coming through and has been very, doing very, very well, banging the goals in for the reserves. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. Um, he got a, a chance on the bench this season, uh, didn't come on. So, um, so yeah, I, I think strikers wise, they'll be fine. And particularly if they play a 4 2 3 1. They're going to have enough strikers anyway, aren't they? So uh, mm. they need a right winger. They need 
You could argue they need another left winger as well, perhaps, because when Wes isn't playing, they they are short. Um, and probably f maybe at least one full-back, perhaps one for each side. Uh, it depends if, they, if they're if they treating Callum Cockrell-Molly as their first choice left-back now. Mm. I, I know that Daryl actually preferred Callum as left of a back three rather than a straight-out left-back. He, he felt that that was what suited him better. Um, mm. But he's the only left-back, so to speak, Left in the left of the club now, James Clark can fill in at full back positions, but I think he's better at centre half. Matt Sadler obviously has played left back during his career, but again, particularly at this age now, I think he's better at centre half. Um, so they're probably they're, they're going to need one there. They've only got Normal on the other side. Um, I mean, you've got players like Liam Kinsella who, who fill in at full back if you need it, but I don't think I think if they've got the the funds available to bring someone in, you're going to rather do that than rely on a player like Liam Kinsella who will play anywhere if you ask him to. Um, mm. I think that's what, what they'd prefer, but in some situations they might have no choice but to rely on players to fill in at times. So, yeah, they, they'd be the positions I would target. I think centre-half, you're fine, particularly with Tom Lee coming through. I think you've got you've got enough numbers there. Uh, Zach Jules is still at the club, so yeah, I think they're fine in that respect. Um, actually, equally when you think about it, Jules can play left back he did do for a bit this season so perhaps they might focus on the right side it's all up in the air really but that's that's the way I would say I think you need a couple defensive positions and then a couple wing positions and I think you're, you're pretty much sorted hmm. um, just very quickly on the central midfield issue they they were targeting a, a sort of a, a stronger taller bigger uh, sort of central defensive midfielder they got Nathan Sherrin in on loan did, did okay uh, he's obviously gone back now I'd I doubt he'll come back again. Um, and they have got Sam Perry coming through, played that sort of defensive role, but he's only a young lad, he's a little bit lightweight, so it depends what they might do there. But I think midfield, they do have a decent, decent option still. Yeah, fair. Um, right, um, for those of you listening, it's uh, it might be slightly disappointing, well, I hope it's slightly disappointing to hear that... Um, with the season over, this is going to be the last episode of The Best Got Beat for a little while before next season. Um, but before we obviously go, I um, thought we'd finish on a little bit of a high. We'll probably look at your first season in charge. Uh, in my charge. first season in charge. Uh, I'll take covering, that. Covering, uh, covering the Saddlers um, and looking over it. First question, Liam. I mean, um, you'd never imagine that this is be the way that your first season covering the club would have ended, would you? <laughs> no. Um, I put a bit of tweet out about that as well. I mean, I, 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 I'm gutted about it because it's not the way I wanted it to end. Um, I was excited for the for the sort of the running, how it was going to all how it was going to all play out. But uh, actually, funnily enough, speaking to sort of Joe Massey when I first took the job and things like that, he uh, we, we spoke a couple of times about the the off season. You're looking at probably because when pre-season comes back, you're probably looking at maybe probably two months uh, where mm. there's no, there's not really anything. I've got to go out and source my own my own stories, speaking to former players, things like that. And I was thinking, oh god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that for like two months, month and a half, two months. By the time football returns, if it returns in September, I'll have done it for six months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've already done it for three, and I've got another three to go if it returns in September. 
So uh, that's something I don't need to worry about anymore. But um, yeah, it's not the way I expected it to go. It's yeah, I'm good about it. I really am because I was I was really really enjoying it. Um, I, I mean, even enjoying the enjoying it in a different way, but even enjoying it when it was not going very well, <laughs> but in in a different way because it's like a challenge. Mm. Um, for example, in in October, I mean, I, I I don't think I'll ever forget that. It was November second. It was the last game of that six-game losing streak uh, in the league. They lost two-one away at Swindon. Mm. Rory Gaffney scored his only goal for Walsall that that day, and they they should they should have got a result from it. They should have got at least a draw. Um, they lost. It was pouring down in rain. Daryl, uh, because they had to the club film it on their cameras. They couldn't go out in, into the rain, so Daryl had to walk all the way up the stand towards us at the back of the stand and do it under the stand. And I remember I see remember seeing him trudging up, looking like visibly upset that they now lost six in a row in the league. Mm. And I remember just sat there like it was really dark, pouring with rain and I and asking him these tough questions. I said, Look, I'm sorry I'm sorry I have to ask this, but do you think you're the right man for the job still? Do you and and he gave a very sort of honest and good answer to it and I remember sitting there and, and, and sort of that, that stuck with me that because it was such a sort of tough situation to deal with I mean fans were furious online and um, having to go at the players and the management and a little bit of it towards me not a whole lot but a little bit saying one or two people saying why don't you ask the real questions <laughs> today mm. and I, I I think I might have replied to one person saying I, I do it every week I can't I can't just uh, control what answer they give or something like that and then I, I, I ignored someone else it, I don't get it a whole lot to be honest I've been very lucky I get it very very rarely but and I remember mm. thinking like this is this could all go downhill very fast I think they were like 22nd maybe 23rd in the league something like that and I was like this is <laughs> this is not going well um, and then I mean from then onwards they their, their form steadily improved and, and they got a whole lot better towards the end of the season but yeah I really really enjoyed it and just really was not <laughs> not pleased the way it ended but you know some things are more important uh, what was the high point for you Liam oh there's been a couple Salford away in January uh, 2-1 win away that was really good Really enjoyed that. Um, one of the recent games before lockdown, actually, uh, I think it was end of uh, yeah, end of February, the three-two comeback win at home to Northampton. Mm. When Roy Holden scored that ninety-third minute winner, I was almost on the pitch. Um, it was yeah, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I think they they'd be two highs for me. Really, really enjoyed them. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's been it's been loads. It's been loads of really good ones. Um, it's never boring with the, with the Saddlers. It's always <laughs> dramatic, one way or the other. Um, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, and what's been your favourite part of the job so far? I mean, obviously, this is only your first season doing it, but we might see you for many more years yet. I mean, what's been your favourite part of it? Ooh, it's tough. Um, I, like the, I like the challenges. I mean, Daryl himself can be a challenge at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he won't like certain questions. He won't. Sometimes he won't answer certain questions. But then equally, other times. I mean, and, and for, in all fairness to him, for the majority of the time, I I, I would say he's pretty honest. Um, whether it's a 
good or bad for me or for what he's saying. He's relatively honest most of the time. Um, I like I like that I like the challenge. He it's it can be frustrating sometimes. Um, and I've had chats with him about it, but there's just certain things he won't go into and and things like that, which is fair enough. I mean, I can't force the answers as I've said before, but I like that challenge of it. I like um, I like taking it on isn't the right way to describe it because it sounds like I'm sort of challenging him but I think people understand what I mean just that challenge of dealing with sometimes sticky situations Um, and and in all honesty I think the the fans have been a really good side of it because sort of speaking to the supporter groups and sort of uh, getting integrated with some of the fans I mean there's loads of fans on I mean actually for example Rob from Vital Warsaw, I mean, I met him once in person, speak to him quite a bit. Um, mm. There's certain fans on Twitter that I've never met, but I'm like, on Twitter, I always recognise them popping up and stuff. And, um, and yeah, the fans have actually been brilliant with me because you got it out of me in the first podcast that I did that I was a Wolves fan. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah, I, you, I, had to, I had to wear that. You got that, that out before. early, um, which is probably a good thing to get it out early, to be honest. You don't want to hide it, mate. I, I, to be honest, I wasn't really that bothered, but... Uh, they, they they took to it pretty well. They weren't that bothered. There was a couple of just sort of funny tweets and that, which is fine. It didn't bother me. But, um, yeah, the fans have been brilliant with me, to be honest. And I think when I put that tweet out the other day to say I've gutted the way that season's ended, but I really enjoyed it. Blah, blah, blah. It's, um, yeah, the, some of the replies I got were really nice. Some really, really nice. I got some really, really lovely replies and, and people seem to be happy with, with the job I'm doing. So, I mean, it, it's not I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes here and there. Luckily, I've not made anything that's... Terrible, <laughs> terrible mistakes. I've not made anything that's catastrophic, but I mean, I'm still still learning at the same time, and I think um, I think the fans have been brilliant in that sense. And I'm, yeah, I think that would be the biggest the biggest thing for me, and uh, and probably a little bit of a thanks for them as well, because I mean, I know what football fans can be like. I'm a football I'm a football fan myself. We all are. Um, mm-hmm. We can be fickle at times. We can be <laughs> angry for various reasons with our team. So. Um, so yeah, they've been they've been really good and and for the most part very sort of understanding with, with with certain things. But at the same time, I feel like I've done a good job. I don't want that to sound too sort of big headed, but I feel like I've done a good job at the same time. So I'm quite pleased. Uh, and yeah, as I said, I've I've only had I mean I could probably count on one hand the amount of sort of abusive tweets I've had. Um, but at the same time, I'm not really the kind of person who would give them monkeys. <laughs> I don't really yeah. care. I actually find them quite funny. Um, but I can count on one hand the amount I've had. Whereas you look at other clubs and other reporters, they're getting... At the same time, they've probably got a lot more followers than I do. I've got, what, 2,000 and so, which is a decent amount. But, I mean, they're getting probably things every day. Some getting, mm. some getting, some, bad, <laughs> getting some bad stuff as well. So uh, so that's been good as well. The fans have been, yeah, the fans have been brilliant. Yeah, and um, lastly, this is the all-important question, Liam. We're going to be covering a promotion campaign next year. Damn right, we are. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I do feel really positive about it, and I've got to be careful because I, I think the fans, the fans have said to me, which is some of the nice comments I got. They said, "Oh, we really like the the passion you have for it and things like that." We, we we're really pleased how sort of you've taken on our club and things like that, and and it really is that way. Like I really do, really enjoy it and love it. At the same time, I'm I'm independent. I've got to step back and look at it from an objective point of view as well. So I don't want to be sat here now going, we're going for the title. We're going to, because I don't want to, I don't want to put that pressure on in the public Mm. unfairly at this point. Um, 
but I'm optimistic. I feel like the club's in a good place. Again, I might change my mind in two months' time when they have signed if they've signed no one and they <laughs> and every other club is sort of running away with the transfer window. But I'm optimistic with where the club is now financially, um, in terms of the squad. I think the people in charge have done a good job. Uh, and if, that, if, I, if I didn't think that was the case, I'd say it. But I, I do think they have. Um, so I'm optimistic with where the club is going for next season. And I think a club like Warsaw, they've had a year now to gel. They were in very good form before lockdown. I think they, this is the time to go for it now. This is the time to really... Again, weighing up with what you can financially afford because there's no point in going for it and not balancing the books, which I know Warsaw won't do that. But go for it on the pitch and 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 see what happens. And I think the the team is capable of it. I really do. Um, but we'll see. I won't be right when the football does return. I won't be writing every week. This is the <laughs> if they win the first game of the season, I won't be saying right promotion pushes on. I'll be doing it in a fair fair way and and, and sort of as the mood changes throughout the season, if they look like they're going to go for it, we'll start to talk about it more. But at the same time, I'm, I'm optimistic. So, uh, yeah, let's see how it goes. And as I said, it's not going to be boring, I'm sure. <laughs> Whatever happens, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be entertaining. Never boring with Warsaw, mate. Never, ever boring. Um, right, that just about does us uh, does us for the season as well. Unbelievable. Um, Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure. You too, sir. Uh, Spending an hour every fortnight with you discussing Warsaw. I'm sure Dave Vermin would echo those sentiments, as would Nathan Judah. Um, Apart from that little spell where you sort of bottled it and ran off for a bit and I had to sort of drag you back in. No comment. Um, <laughs> no, and a, a, bit, a massive thank you to everyone who's taken the time to listen, submit a question, um, give us harsh criticism, give us praise. We appreciate all of it. Um, as I'm sure Liam does uh, from us it's a fond farewell for now we'll be back uh, once we know what's happening with next season we ha- we'll be back when we know what, what's going on with pre-season um, and I'm sure Liam Keane will be there to talk us along the whole way Liam thank you so much for taking the time this season with me with Dave with Nathan and everyone for listening uh, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Liam Keane for now thank you very much I'll see you all soon